So we've been praying. Um, you know, we pray on Tuesday mornings. We pray on Wednesday evenings. I invite you to be a part of that. God's doing some really good things through the prayers of those times. And one of the things that we've been praying about is, you know, the Holy Spirit lead us into greater boldness in our faith. And actually, when we were coming up, just walking up here, I thought, well, here's an answer to prayer because something that we did this morning for us was a step of boldness. You know, feeling like, Jason was feeling like that. I was feeling like that, thinking we should stop and do something different here during worship, pray for people. Uh, so it really was a step of boldness on our part to even break out of yep. some, just sometimes the patterns that we live in. We can just get into this humdrum thing. Of, even in worship, seeing four songs is awesome. But I believe God wanted to speak and do something there during that time. And I believe you've been blessed by it. Amen. But we, we've been led by the Holy Spirit to be praying for greater boldness in the church, in our families, with our neighbors, in our workplace, the school, wherever we find ourselves, the Lord needs his people like never before to be bold about who we are in Christ, yeah. what our mission is here on the earth. Uh, we need to be salt and light in a world that is just increasingly mixed up and it's perplexing when you look out there. It's confusing, is it not? Yeah. And it's spiritually darkening. Uh, I said last week, it's like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, like when she's flown away in that tornado and lands in this strange land. <laughs> and she looks at her dog and says, you know, Toto, I have a feeling we are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> and it's like, the tr it's like that famous line, I think we've all heard it, reminds me of the truth that the church really does need to hear today. The days right. of like what you were saying, Pastor Steve, of passively just following Jesus are long over. I mean, over the past few decades, our culture has just changed drastically. It's just transforming America. It's, it's like this place of moral relativism. It's like, what does that mean? It's just, well, whatever is good for me is good for me. For whatever, today, for maybe to, tomorrow is yeah. different. Right or wrong is up to me, how I see it. This is my truth. And I'm going to argue for it. And that's how people are anymore. And so as a result, like the boundaries, the plumb line of God and his word are just completely broken down. And as a result, look at our nation. It's lost mm -hmm. its sense of any fear of the Lord, any honor of God and his word. Yeah, there are pockets of it, sure. But as a, as a nation as a whole, it's, I don't, you turn on the news and it's easy to see if, uh, what's taking place in front of us without the fear of the Lord anymore around us. Yeah. And so if we're honest with ourselves, church, it's the, pa it's, it's the passivity of the church, right. you know, that's partly or greatly responsible for even allowing this to happen. I mean, the church has just been largely asleep. And this is just slowly taking place, but it's not slow anymore. No. It's not slow anymore. Have you noticed? I mean, I think we have forgotten that we are involved and engaged in a real spiritual battle against real spiritual dark forces that are coming against yes. Jesus. They hate Jesus, and they hate his church. We are the body of Christ. I mean, our, our, our assignment in the earth is to be God's ambassadors, right? This is our assignment. So we are to be engaged in the spiritual warfare how do we do that? We've been talking about that, renewing our mind, casting down imaginations, you know, taking our thoughts captive, speaking truth, standing for righteousness, 
doing works of righteousness, supporting the work of the mission of the local church. This is the hope of the world. Come on. This is God's hope of the world, the church, the body of Christ. And you, and you look around and I think uh, the devil has just infiltrated like his deception into all the facets of society. Has he not? His lies, his thinking, his works, just, you know, you, you mentioned addictions. Yes. And I think about sex trafficking, murdering through ab- abortions. Yes. It's in the education, it's in the environmental thinking. I mean, spiritual darkness is at work, even in all this advanced technology. Like I just read the other day that Amazon, who bought Whole Foods, at the start of 2020, they're, gonna, they're already practicing it. I get into the break rooms in Amazon, but they've got this biometric data thing where they've got their people in Amazon who are willing to try it out. You know, go to the break room and just buy your food by a swipe, just swiping. You don't have to touch anything. You just swipe it. And they have your biometric data somehow linked into your bank account somewhere, but it's a, just a complete cashless transaction. Think about it. And they said in 2020, they're going to start in a number of Whole Foods stores, you know, all around the nation. This book talks about it. Amen. Yeah. I mean, it's what Revelation talks about, a cashless society that is coming, that will come upon the earth. And that is all about Satan's right. actual whole culture. Right. And I think to myself, you know, the spirit of Antichrist, which the devil is, that's the spirit of Antichrist, and darkness, demons, uh, you know, what's his whole goal? Is to bring the world to its knees in submission yep. to him as ruler. Mm-hmm. So that's his one goal, rule the world. That's right. And we're on the cusp of it. You just take a look around, there's so much pro- prophecy being fulfilled. And I think, meanwhile, what is the church doing? The church has spent a lot of its time arguing about the supernatural. Is it real? Oh, don't talk about that. It's too weird. It makes me feel weird. People have left this church over speaking in tongues, arguing whether or not this is of the devil or of God. And I think, and meanwhile, meanwhile, the devil is just rising and rising and rising out. God's given us gifts of the Spirit to have power, to have spiritual discernment over what we're seeing in the world. And instead, he's taught, the devil has just come in and infiltrated the church even. Let's just argue about it. Let's fight about it. Let's have division over it. And it dampens down people's faith. Come even on. to the point where we don't have faith for it. We don't care to receive. And, you know, I guess I, guess I think to myself, it's to the devil's delight. He's like, huh, Correct. go ahead, just let them all argue about it, split apart over it, be unsure about it. Why? Because it keeps us from operating in the power of God That's that right. God has ordained for his church to have, especially in the day and time that we oh, live man. in. I mean, what a great plan the devil would have to do that, right? You know, the church, make the church afraid to preach the truth. Make pulpits afraid to stand up and say, this is what we believe. And, so, and people don't do it, pulpits don't do it because they're afraid of offending people. Well, what if people feel weird about it? Well, I think to myself, what if we became more afraid of offending God and holding back the truth? Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, what if the that, fear of the on. Lord captured the come church on. again as it did in the early church? Yeah. They weren't afraid of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, they were going to get slaughtered. They didn't care. They said, no, this is really God. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, it says the fear of man brings a snare. It brings a snare. It'll hold you back. It'll keep you captive. The fear of man brings a snare. But he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. 
you know, Pastor Mamie and I, our prayer is that we, we would always be more afraid to offending God than people. Yeah. You come to me, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. You tell me yeah. about your situation, I'll tell you what the Bible says. Where well, this is mine. <laughs> I'll tell you what it says in this book. You follow this book, it'll keep you on a narrow path. You follow this book, you'll start to walk in power. You, you, we gotta, you can't stick your head in the sand. You can't think that this is still Norman Rockwell society. Culture has changed, like Pastor Mamie said, so rapidly. And the church, what's to do? What is it? We, we want to ignore it. We want to kind of like forget about it, hide our heads and not look at it, pretend it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. But here's the key. We cannot be afraid of what's happening. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. Fulfillment of Bible prophecy, whether you know it or not, is happening constantly over and over and over and over. And it is coming to the cusp of where there's going to be one world government, one world ruler, and there will be a cashless society. Open your eyes, church, and see what the Bible does say. You know, this is, we just forget. We think, we think that Jesus says to us to accept everybody. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says repent and believe. That doesn't mean accept. Jesus says repent and believe. And if we, we don't recognize like the gravity of the situation, of the day and time that we live in, we're going to lose our ability to be salt and light in our culture. Yeah. Here, is this... It was me. You, okay. you know, we, read that, Sam. We become what we yeah. tolerate. Look at this quote. I thought this was great. This Dr. Sam Rodriguez said that. He's a pastor. We become what we tolerate. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. That's scary. Today's complacency. What you and I are complacent about today, we just look the other way. Well, I don't have time for that today is tomorrow's captivity because the, you and I, this is on our outline, cannot reach a lost and dying world while sitting back and remaining passive. We can no longer be passive no about longer. what we believe. Jesus said this. Yeah. Yeah. He wants us to bring light yeah. into the darkness where we live. We cannot be defined by darkness. We're the ones who overcome darkness. Amen? Jesus says this, You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a basket, but on a candlestick. And it gives light... To all who are in the house, and let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The light shines in the darkness. Listen to this. This should be underlined in your Bible. The darkness has not overcome it. There is real spiritual power against the church, against you, against me. But we have a more powerful spirit. The spirit of the living God. Yes, we do. We do. We do. And I'll go back to this. Here's Zechariah again. Look at it. It's not by might. It's not by your intellect. It's not by my intellect. It's not by the strength of a man or technology. <laughs> but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And you and I need power to be a witness in this world. Yeah. We need courage 
to stand up. And I believe that God is raising up and adding to a remnant church that will be willing to lay down their lives for what they believe. Like the, the Jesus says, if you lose your life here on this earth, you'll gain true life. But if you hold on to your life here on this earth, you'll lose true life. And then he says, it's up to you. You got so yeah, to do it. So he's raising up an army of people, like you said, a remnant church filled mm -hmm. with the Spirit of God. Yes. This is why we're talking again this week about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get and receive God's power? We're talking about power to be a witness. Luke 24 says this. This is not all on your outline, but it is up on the PowerPoint. This is Luke 24, he, Jesus, said to them, this is before he ascended back into heaven, after his death and resurrection, then he appeared for 40 days, talking to his disciples and people about the kingdom of God, but he said, he said this to them, thus it's written, and accordingly, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, he said, you are witnesses of these things. And then verse 49, he said, and look, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus tells the early church, his disciples, wait in Jerusalem, power is coming from on high. So what is this clothing with power? You'll be clothed with power from on high that they're going to need to be witnesses for him. Acts 1.4 being assembled with them. He commanded them. This is Jesus again. Do that word? Commanded them. Commanded. Yeah, he didn't say, you know, it'd be kind of a good idea if you really feel like it. Maybe wait around for this, but if you get... No, he's, he commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, of which you've heard from me. See, he's talking about it again. For John baptized... Water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Praise then he's Acts 1.8. He says again, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. These are and people so, that were with Jesus for three years. And he tells them, you need power. Jesus so had to pray, pay the price before the Holy Spirit came to this earth. And now the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. Look what it says, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven. Where did it come from? Heaven. Yeah, the devil didn't do it, did he? It came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues of fire, distributed and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them yeah. to speak. Now here's something really important I think we need to see. That Acts 1.14 says this, <clears throat> And all of these, with their minds in full agreement, devoted themselves steadfastly, this is them waiting, steadfastly to prayer, waiting together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So you read the story, you have 120 people in this upper room waiting. We cannot miss the importance that they were all in full agreement. Yes. They were in unity of mind and heart about what the Lord had said was coming. And so this, there's an exercise of faith 
And there's an exercise of unity Amen. of mind and heart. Yeah. And it, I absolutely believe that was necessary for the power to fall on that group. They were united, you know, in full agreement, devoting themselves, it said, to prayer in obedience to what the Lord had instructed. They, they were full of faith and anticipation. And there is a supernatural power that flows with that. There's a supernatural power that flows when we are all in unity, believing the same thing. Because Jesus, even in his own hometown, it said, could not do any mighty works. Come on. Except, you know, heal a few minor things like whatever that was because of the people's unbelief. So when there's unbelief pocketed all throughout the church, right. it stunts the power of God. But when there's unity, there's supernatural power of the Spirit to come forth. I mean, the devil knows this because there was power working even in the Tower of Babel. Yes. You know, that's why God looked down and he said, you know, these people are of one language and thought and now nothing will be impossible for them. For whatever they imagine, they'll be able to do. So God scattered their languages. Yes. So, I mean, there's, a, there's an instance of unity going bad in the wrong direction. <laughs> but as the church, we need to unify around the things of God and especially even the things of the supernatural. Yes. I mean, this, we're, we cannot be afraid of the supernatural. It's part of, it's Jesus. He's divine. Come on. He's God. That's and we're right. part of his body. I mean, again, we don't, want to, we don't want to be afraid of the things of the Spirit. We want to go towards them. If they're in the Word of God, then they're good. Right. But, you know, people, if, we, if we're afraid, the Western church really in America has been babied. Come on. You know, we're afraid to offend people when we talk about these things. We don't want to offend. I say it again, the pulpits then don't want to talk about it. And then when people just do their own thing, they just come in and have their own mindset about church. It's like, no, we need to get unified, church, right. about I, the things of the Spirit. Don't you think that the devil doesn't come in here and try to divide churches? He does it all the time. It's happened in this church. Yeah. Bringing people in that want to do their own thing. They create strife and contention. Or, you know, they just come and sit and complacent and they just are full of passivity and don't do anything. For the local church. Yeah. And there's a, that's the trade-off. It's yeah. a monster trade-off. Yeah. Do you want the power of God? Or speech. do you want to just sit here and pretend you got <laughs> something from God? We want the real stuff here. Yeah, my mom. We want God to move. Yeah. And He will. And all we need to do is be unified. Find out what this book says. Submit our lives to it. Look at this. The power of God flows where there is unity in faith where there is a desire for obedience, where there is a passion for the things of the Spirit. This power brought boldness to the early church. Again, 120 in the upper room. They went after it afterwards, didn't they? They were hiding. the world upside down. They they did. The Bible says that those who turn the world upside down have come here. And I write on the side of my Bible, Butler. Can I hear an amen? amen yeah. yeah. Well, there was 120 people waiting in the upper room. They were waiting. They were anticipating. They didn't even know what, the, what was to expect. But they were just trusting God. Trusting God for the invisible. Trusting God for His goodness. But they were also hiding up there for fear of the Jews. 
But when the day of Pentecost came, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they busted out of that place. I'm yeah. telling you what. Everybody in town heard that roaring wind and they came to check it out. Yeah. And Peter preached a bold sermon. He yeah. says, you crucified. Yeah. Listen to this. He said, you crucified the Prince of Life and asked for a murderer instead. Yeah. That's bold. It's bold. <laughs> Then he told him, repent and be saved. Repent and be saved. That's the gospel. Recognize you're a sinner. You sinned. But you need a Savior, and it's the blood of Christ through his sacrifice that you're saved to become a new creature yeah. in Christ. Man. Then Peter, right there, he explains to the Jews what happened, what they see and hear. The Bible says that they saw and heard all these people were speaking in all different languages. People understood what they were saying. And they got, what is this? And we said it last week. It's a prophecy out of the Old Testament. Peter started to preach out of it. But listen to this. Here's, some, here's a newsflash. Been in the Bible all the time. It's not new. Look at Acts 2.39. Here ends all arguments of all arguments about the Holy Ghost. And being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. It stops the whole thing. Look what it says. Peter, he's saying this. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children. And for all that are far away, even for as many as the Lord God invites and bids to come to himself. Right. Is God calling people out of darkness into light yes. today? Yeah. Yes. yes, he is. So this scripture tells us that, that well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all believers yeah. for all time. Yeah. Look at this uh, scripture. This is, goes along with the same story. Acts 2.38. This is Peter. This is when he did say, yep. repent and be baptized. Because they were like, what should we do? He's like, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, there. born again, yep. and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is on our outline, subsequent to salvation, it was a priority in the early church. We want to just show you quickly a few scriptures. A priority. It was a priority in the early church. Listen to this story in Acts 19. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no. We've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what, what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is Jesus. Mm -hmm. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, born again. And when Paul then laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Yeah. And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There and all were about 12 men. So what was the Apostle Paul's first question to these early disciples in Ephesus who had heard the gospel? He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? First question. First question. Did you get filled with the Spirit? How about if our greeters start asking that as soon as people come in? Did you get filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> since you believed? <laughs> yeah, <a> <laughs> Excellent. Keep reading. We'll yeah, go, again. go. I'll tell you Acts what. Eight. Look at this. This is another time. We're just going right to the Bible. 
Why is it such a priority? It's because believers will receive power. Yeah. Why is the devil fighting it? It's because believers will see, receive power. Right. And we want to read through these scriptures because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This and is so, another time. After they were dispersed out of, out of Jerusalem, Philip. Remember Philip? What did he do before? He waited on tables. He was a, ta- he was a waiter. Okay. He was a waiter. This, he went down to Samaria and started preaching Christ to them. And listen what it says. But they, when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon, I'll tell you a little bit about him later. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed the signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. This Simon was a sorcerer who had such influence because of the magic that he was operating in, the power of darkness that he was operating in. He deceived that whole area. But what does it say? It says, now he got saved and he was astonished at the power. Just like I said about my body and all those demons that were in it, those demons met the real power. Yeah, yeah. There was, let me tell you, there was no argument. There was instant gone. I want to go on to verse 14. It says, Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Priority. For he had not yet, what? Fallen upon any of them. There you go. It's a different wording than being born again. He hadn't fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them and they were, what? Receiving the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So let's continue reading. Let's go to verse 18. First thing they get saved and then they get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now here's Simon again, this character. He saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on in the apostles' hands and he offered them money saying, give me this authority to as well, so that everyone I lay my hands on might receive the Holy Spirit. Here's Jesus talking. (laughs) May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the... Gift of God. The gift of God with money. You have no part and no portion in this matter. Do you know what that word matter means? It means word. It means utterance. You have no portion in this utterance. Your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of your wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if it is possible, the intent of your heart might be forgiven. I see that you are, you are in a gall of bitterness. Okay, folks, listen to this. A gall of bitterness. Are you holding anything against anybody? Release it. And it brings a bondage of iniquity. Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me yourselves that nothing that you have said will come upon me. Baptism of the Holy Spirit was a priority to the early church and it's going to be a priority here at Community Life Church. Why? Because we need power. Right, yes. And we need to have one accord. We have to become one mind. You want to see miracles happen? 
And let's start getting active in the church and finding out the culture of this church and become a part yeah. of it. So the last, because we, we have a, a testimony or two here at the end of people's own story of how they got filled with the Holy Spirit. But these last four fill in the blanks. We're going to go through quickly. Praying in tongues, some of the benefits, just, just four here, enables the supernatural. It just enables the supernatural. In Mark 16, it says, These signs will accompany those who have believed. Signs. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Hallelujah. And so it just enables, it opens the, your, your heart to see the depth of, of the divine power of God. Number two, then it empowers to be a witness. And we've looked at those scriptures. Jesus himself said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes Hallelujah. upon you to be my witness. It builds your faith. That's Jude 20. Yeah, you Jude 20 them. says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you pray in the Spirit, you're like recharging your spirit, your battery. You know, you're just, you're, you're opening yourself up to the Spirit. You have to do it. And then right. the next one is praying out divine mysteries. We looked at that a little bit last week, 1 Corinthians 14.2. It says, for the one who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. For the one who understands, we don't understand, but listen, it's your spirit speaking. It's your spirit speaking. Here, number five, it helps us in worship, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, here's what he says, is what's the outcome? I'll pray with my spirit. And I'll pray with my mind. I'll sing with my spirit. And I will sing with my mind. Yeah. Praise God. So let's talk about the baptism of the yeah. Holy Spirit. And Chris, I'm going to ask Chris. Get, people get baptized up. in the Holy Spirit in many different ways. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit today. Yeah. Chris, here we go. Chris, right. Share a little testimony Hi. here. Yeah. I told these guys I'd make it quick because I tend to prattle. <laughs> but it goes back, it yeah. goes back, let's say, um, it must have been 2000, 2001. And I, I was saved, but uh, at that time I wasn't going to any regular church. But I ended up, it must have been a Saturday night, I don't remember what day it was. But I was at Victory Church back when they were on Freedom Road. It was a lot smaller then. I bet it was still big, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember the message, no recollection of the message at all. But I know at the very end, Pastor Steve was up there. I bet you were there, but I didn't see you, I don't know. And along with maybe one or two other pastors. And they said to the crowd, just like you said earlier, anybody that wants to come up and get prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on up. And I thought, this is crazy. I said, this is crazy talk. And uh, I said, that, like, they can give it away. Honestly, I, I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. And I, I don't know why I, I thought that. I don't know why. Um, I'm not sure. I thought about it over the last few days when they asked me if I would get up and talk about this, and I, I don't know why I thought like that. Um, but I'm going to say at this point, I don't really care why I thought like that then, because it was it was wrong. It was just a lie, and so I believed I believed a lie. I believed something that wasn't true. Yeah. So let's flash forward about probably ten years, say, and I'm in the church with Pastor Steve and Amy, which is just <laughs> a little strange if you want to think about things like that. But they gave a, a sermon very similar to what happened this week and what happened last week. And if you look through these notes that I wrote, let's go back. And when I was back in the, on Freedom Road, and here's a note that says, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit's presence will not be found where he is not honored. And I obviously did not honor him, okay? 
And he was not manifested in my life. Mm -hmm. That's just the That's truth. He was not. I did not understand. And I have this. He says, he can be resisted. In Acts 7, 51, you stiff-necked people. This is Stephen talking to these people before they killed him. He said, you stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And so did I. Mm -hmm. All these are notes from, from a past sermon about a year ago. Anyway, moving those forward. Are, those are good. Those are good notes. They yeah, come from this great church. Notes. They come from this church. <laughs> Everything they were saying earlier, I have. Like, let's do Matthew three eleven. <laughs> I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Acts one four. They already read it. Acts 2, 2 through 3, they already read it. I had this written down. Acts 19, 1 through 6. I skipped 7 because there were 12 people, you know that. <laughs> Acts 19, 1 through 6, where Paul asked them, uh, hey, were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, nope. He said, let's do it. And they did it. Do you understand? He said, were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? They said, no. He said, let's do it now. And they said, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's correct. Let's do it. Let's mm -hmm. do it. And boom, mm -hmm. instantly. Yeah. So again, flash forward in, in this time, I, I still wasn't, I just didn't get it. They went through this message, reciting all the scripture, and Pastor Mamie must have seen a light go on over my head. And then after the service, she asked one of the prayer partners, hey, how about you go over and talk to Chris and see if he's interested in uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he said, yeah, okay. He came up and he asked me, and I said, yeah, actually, I, I would like that. And he did, and I did, and I do. <laughs> and, okay. But I, I wrote down one word, um, being led by the Holy Spirit will require humility in my heart. That's again from a note from a past, past sermon. And there must have been some humility that came upon me because, I don't know, maybe, you know, yeah. you think you're so smart, I think I'm so smart, I must know better. I knew better than the pastor Steve back then. He doesn't know anything. He's a knucklehead. He can just give it away. Okay. But it required some <laughs> humility on my part to say, finally, I was wrong. Yeah. I was just wrong. Okay. There's so much I'm wrong about. Humility... I was in, uh, humble in that aspect. Let's just say that. There, there's more to come. And I, I'm going to wrap it up real quick, okay? I wrote like a summary, just a summary um, of what happened there. Faith and understanding came from hearing the Word of God, which was no doubt solidified by previous increased reading of the Word, yeah. which led to humility, at least in regard to the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have more to go and a renewed mind. Yeah. Pastor Mamie obediently followed a prompting of the Holy Spirit by requesting that a prayer partner ask me if I wanted to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which he obediently did, which led to my acceptance of an incredible, beautiful, supernatural gift, a gift that had sat unopened, yet available to me for about 25 years. Wow. It sat on a table. Yeah. Could you? I was thinking about, like, wow, with the wrapping paper God must use. It must have been like the most beautiful package. That's just one gift, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got gifts. Yeah. And I let that one sit on the table for, uh, I, I did the math earlier. It was 25 years wow. from conversion to that point where I was like, yes, this like, don't waste time. Time is short. We were a vapor. Um, I was going to say about the Holy Spirit leading to uh, worship, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I sing in my mind and now I yeah. sing in my spirit. Yeah. These things, uh, when you hear a profound word, whether you're reading or praying, and you know you can't express the thoughts. You can't do it. We don't have the words. And so it's an instant new prayer language that comes out that I'm able to, that I've been blessed with. You know, this prayer language that expresses it perfectly. 
Yeah. Correct? Mm -hmm. Perfectly. That I could not do. Yeah. And that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Oh my gosh, he's got the notes from what when else 2004. Can you say? <laughs> <So> <laughs> You're awesome, on. dude. Might as well just come on back up and we'll start to close out the service. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, prayer, come on, praise Mary. team. Yeah. Let's come on up and we'll we don't. Just... We're not going to take time right now again to call people forward. But if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you have not received that gift. We would encourage you strongly. Come up. Come to the prayer room after the service. Yeah, John and Cindy will lead you. Yeah. They'll show you scriptures. If you're still looking at scriptures, then figure it out. They'll lay hands on you. You'll speak in yeah. another tongue. Yeah. You'll, this is a gift that needs to be unwrapped. Yeah. Unwrapped. Yeah. Go Amen. ahead, guys. Amen. 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 All right. Worship you, Lord. We just want to give you glory yes. in this place. We want to honor you. We humble yes. ourselves before you and say, we will follow you. Yes. We will follow you with boldness in our heart, in our mind, in our speaking. We'll not deny you anymore. We will not be casual about our faith. We will speak it out. And we're proud to be called Christians. Yes. Children of the living God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. I'll do your bidding here on this earth. No matter what man does, no matter what situation it puts me in, I will glorify you even with my last breath. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.